What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBBDFS. Welcome back to another Saturday afternoon shoot around bird. What's up with this? Yeah, they, they they switched this on us. I guess they didn't want, you know, we don't want to get the Texas Tech Gonzaga game or Purdue Butler, Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want those. Nah. So, it's okay. yeah, it's, it's weird. We got a little 130 tip for the Saturday slate today. Uh, there's some good games still in here, thankfully. There's yeah. some already canceled games that we've known about for a while that are still included. Uh, I'll let you take the rant this time, Bird. I don't want to. I, I've been kind of tilting all day just about this whole it's just been annoying a little bit. Um, but, you know, so bowl season is underway. We know, you know, NFL has games on Saturday, so we know we're not going to get any attention anyway. But hopefully, you know, soon, you know, soon football season will be over and, and all eyes will shift to CBB. And, you know, hopefully we can we can have these teams stay healthy and we can play a lot of basketball and get a little bit bigger pots moving forward. Yeah, so obviously referring to UNC at UCLA, that was a scheduled game today at 2 o'clock. Uh, it was canceled, what, Thursday afternoon, and it still was on the slate? Yeah, I, yeah, it's annoying. And now now UNC has picked up a game against Kentucky, which tips at 5.30, which is in our window, but that is not on the slate. So, all right, we're venting over. Let's transition more to positive things. How was your birthday this week? Uh, birthday was good, relaxing. Uh, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, getting old. You've got. Uh, you're gonna be old here in a little bit too. What? Three more days? Four more days? Yeah. Three more days? Monday. Monday. Yeah. And the uh, wife and I got uh, reservations at that new Korean place. So mm. looking forward to that. Yeah, I've heard that's super good. So yep, looking forward to that. Uh, and yeah, birthdays. We are getting older. Uh, but we also have the holiday season upon us. I got one quick question before we dive into hoops, bird. I want to know what your favorite type of christmas cookie is oh good yeah so good question um i really like my grandma made those thumbprints i don't know if you know what thumbprints are they're kind of like a a little cookie you stick your thumb in the middle and then you put a bunch of icing where your where your thumbprint went Uh, thumbprint cookies my grandma made them and they were freaking awesome and you know and she passed away and then you know my family's tried to recreate them but they're just not the same um but thumbprint cookies when done correctly are, are pretty banging what about you I'm a white chocolate pretzel guy, oh. but you can't put any like stuff on it. I just want the pretzel and the white chocolate. I don't want any peppermint shaved candy canes on there. Just keep it clean and simple, and that's what I like. Yeah, I like that. I think that's fair. And let's keep our lineups clean and simple. Yes. Today, you know, sometimes we try to overthink it. We over-tinker. Just, you know, keep it simple, stupid, right? The, the kiss method. Yeah, kiss method. Uh, let's start off, uh, the slate, uh, which is Notre Dame and Indiana. Ken Palm has this Indiana as a three point favorite and an over under of a decent 139. Uh, any first thoughts that jump out at you here, Bird? Uh, yeah. So Crossroads Classic is, is always a good, a little event, you know, so Purdue is, is playing Butler earlier in the day, uh, in Indiana, in Indianapolis. So, and, and Indy is a great place to go watch sporting events. Like we, we've been there multiple times and in general, yeah. Yeah, it's just a nice layout. Good fit. Um, in, in terms of the DFS action, you know, so Blake Wesley for Notre Dame has really, really stepped up uh, of late. Uh, Prentice Hub has kind of just kind of disappeared into the oblivion at this point. Um, but Blake Wesley really stands out at 4,300. Uh, that was really my initial look. And then, um, you know, TJD still seems like, you know, a great value, even though his prices started to slowly climb up. 
Gotcha. I, you know, and I, you know, you can always play Dane Goodwin if you're looking at, uh, at, at Notre Dame, uh, 5,500. He still plays all the minutes. Statistically, he's their best rebounder. I, I think he's someone who, who can give you a look. Uh, Wesley, yeah, he's in the starting lineup now. So he started the last two games, 4,300. He's gone over 6X in three of his last five. Um, he's got all the usage and all the shot rate. Uh, I really like that play. I think he'll be probably pretty highly owned. On the uh, Indiana side, of course, TJD is starting to creep up in price, but 8,400 still feels low for someone who's number seven in Ken Palm's total player rankings. Uh, he's just, you know, he's just a man, and, and no, nothing about Notre Dame scares me. And a little sneaky nugget here, Notre Dame is really not very good at defending the arc this year. Opponents are shooting 38%. Uh, from behind the line. And Parker Stewart is a guy I'm looking at. He's at 4,100 for Indiana. He's their main kind of kind of shooter, 47% from deep. And he's, he takes the threes, too. He's had at least five three-point attempts in his last six, um, excluding the that last game against Merrimack, which wasn't really needed. Yeah, and that three-point percentage doesn't include the two for 19 that – or it does include the two for 19 that Kentucky just shot – yeah. against Notre Dame over the weekend, you know, and so I, I think you're right. Notre Dame's defense is, is nothing special. Um, and so Trace Jackson, Trace Jackson Davis is super viable still, even at 8,400, he should be able to kind of have, do it, have his way inside. I don't see any issues there. And even race Thompson at 6,500, he's got three double doubles in his last five games. Um, Notre Dame's interior is, is vulnerable. And so I think he's a solid cash option and, and he's shown some upside too. I like it. So we're not going to talk about UNC UCLA, right? <laughs> oh man, would hate to talk about UNC Kentucky. That would suck. Yeah, that would be that would be terrible. It'll be a fun one to watch, though. It will be. I'm glad, I'm glad they were able to get that game scheduled out in Vegas. That'll be a that's a good consolation prize. It really is. Um, so we, we're remember don't play that game. I think DK just a little bit ago just marked it red. So. Yeah. Uh, we should be good for fading that one. Georgia Tech versus USC. This is a three o'clock tip. USC undefeated, uh, eight point favorites in this one. Over under one thirty six. Bird, you like the? You're kind of our pack pack twelve expert. Uh, USC's eleven and zero. Is that a for real eleven and zero? Well, <laughs> probably not. But uh, but they have played good, and, and they're fourth in effective field goal percentage defensively. And, and so anytime you play good defense, you've got a shot, and, and, and they're doing that right now. Um, Isaiah Mobley, uh, he's priced up to 8,900, which is which is super high, but but he's probably earned it. He's got 40 DK in five of his last six games. Georgia Tech doesn't really have a, a shot blocker down low that's going to stop him. They give up a higher percentage of their points inside. So even though he's at 8,900, I think if you have the salary, uh, he's a guy you can feel comfortable with that he's probably going to get you know, 35 or, or, or better DraftKings points. Uh, but beyond that, you know, Chavez Goodwin's played a little bit more lately. Um, I'm not sure I quite trust him yet. Um, I think he'd be more of a GPP option than anything. And, and then Drew Peterson is, is a guy, he's, you know, 6'9", small forward, can, can pass over the top of zones, always kind of makes the right decision, a nice stabilizing force. But he's a pretty boring kind of DFS option. He's more of a, of a 4X type of guy, hasn't really shown – a ceiling. So yeah, I'm really interested to see how USC plays uh, the rest of the season. The Pac-12 has been kind of ugly this year, outside of Arizona and and USC. So so we'll see uh, how it plays out. But I'll be interested to watch. 
Any thought uh, for at Boogie in a GPP lineup for 6,200? I know Georgia Tech can be a little sloppy with the basketball, and he's one of their better perimeter defenders. Yeah, he started the season really well um, and has kind of stabilized a little bit. Um, I, I think you could you could use him in a GPP, but I think there's some other plays uh, in this mid-range that we could yeah, probably look at in some other games. I What's agree. the over-under here? 136, so, so not a great over-under. Um, so, so there's probably some better options out there. Um, but you know he ha- he'll have the occasional you know thirty point effort. No, I I agree. I, I was just curious. I, he's someone I always want to play because you know I like the way he plays. But from yeah. he's definitely a GPP only type uh, at that price point. And as as we go through the slate, you'll see a lot more options in that six thousand dollar range. Uh, yeah. For example, Jordan Usher. Uh, he hasn't. Uh, he's kind of in a little bit of a. He kind of broke out of a mini slump last game when he had thirty one DK. But this is someone who has rebounding upside for Georgia Tech. He's by far the Robin to DeVoe's Batman, uh, 6,800. I like Jordan Usher a lot on that side. And then everyone likes DeVoe. Uh, Do you like the $8,500 price point for him? Uh, It scares me a little bit. We know that that USC is is very good defensively. But DeVoe's going to – he's going to take a million shots, right? Like he's – his usage is going to be there. It's been there every single game. Um, There's probably some better spots, but – that does make him a low-owned kind of GPP option if you're looking to be different. No, I agree. Under 30 DK in DeVoe's last two, but prior to that, 44, 43, 57. Yeah. The guy can go. Uh, I like that as a GPP play. Uh, should be yeah. a lot of GPP plays in this next one. Marquette and Xavier. This one okay. has our highest over-under on the slate at 151. Xavier's an 11-point favorite. Uh, th- drink it in, right? Stack it, right, Bird? Yeah, and, and before we jump into that one, one more guy I wanted to mention on the Georgia Tech side. Um, I think I think DraftKings kind of forgot a little bit about some of these rotational guys for Georgia Tech. Um, but but Khalid Moore is a guy who started all nine games this season. He's played 30 minutes back-to-back games. He's priced at 3,000. So uh, you know there's there's probably a mispriced guy there for for Georgia Tech, uh, a starter at $3,000 who's playing 30 minutes per game lately. Um, so, so there's a great kind of cheap option to to throw out there, but, but like you said, Joe, um, that the Xavier Marquette game over under 151 is is straight up fireworks. It, it really is. It really is. And uh, being the Big East guy, I'm happy to see conference games getting rolling. And this one should be a good one right out of the gate. Both these teams want to play fast. Both these teams can be a little turnover prone. Uh, I think Xavier's advantage on the glass is really going to be the difference here. I love the fact that Zach Freeman is 6,800. Um, he's back. He's played uh, four games, I think, or so. He just re-entered the starting lineup last game. And as they bring him back from the injury, the minutes have been around 20. They were consistently going up. He topped out at 24. And then in a blowout last game, he only played 20. But Fremantle should get all he can handle and more in this one, uh, $6,800. He's already had a 41 DK game. I think this is typically an $8,000 player. So, uh, I'm all about Zach Fremantle. Yep. I, I fully agree. That's the first thing I noticed in this game was, was really his price looks great. And, and Justin Lewis on the other side, his price looks really well, uh, looks, yep. looks really favorable as well. So I think those are probably two, uh, type of players that we're going to look at in cash games, uh, who, who also do have upside. Um, well, and, and let's not forget, Paul Scruggs is also 7,400. When was the last yeah. time you saw him that cheap? Yeah, uh, forever. Yeah, forever. And and I, I don't know if people, they do have a lot of pieces. Like, uh, you know, Xavier's a pretty good team, really. Yeah. Uh, at least the, DFS-wise, like, they've got some good players. We know Nunji 
can break a slate. Um, yep. Jones has been really, really good. Hunter's been good. Uh, Adam Kunkel's even playing more minutes lately. I think he's gone 5X, 7X over his last two games at 3,400. But yeah, yeah Scruggs and, and Fremantle price-wise really stand out as, as nice value options. They really do. And, and as Fremantle is going to pick up minutes, that's going to take usage away from some of these other names. So I want to see that play out. We'll have a lot better feel for Xavier in two or three weeks um, yep. as far as that set rotation. Um, but as for right now, I think Scruggs is the only one you you know won't be really impacted by it. But outside of that, uh, you know, it, I, I would like I love Nunji and he's been a beast, but you know, eventually that's going to level up Colby Jones, same way. He's an $8,000 player tomorrow. I, I, as Fremantle gets more looks at that three and four position, you know, that's going to reduce some of Colby Jones's upside. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, a couple of cheap options for Marquette as well to think about. So Kirk Hoth at 3,600, uh, you know, he's been awesome, right, Joe? What, what's he five X and yeah. And nine of 11 this year. So yeah. I don't understand why he's still 3,600. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do anything off, like on the offensive side of the ball. He'll get some putbacks and some dunks and things like that. But he, he get, he's a great rebounder. He, he's an excellent shot blocker. And they refuse to raise his price. And, and then Greg Elliott. And so, Joe, you'll remember Greg Elliott, kind of an off and on starter yep. last season. Uh, played 25 minutes last game against UCLA. Uh, and he's 3,000. So he had 30 DK against UCLA. Last game, he's getting back into the picture after a suspension. And, and so if he sees 20 plus minutes at, at three, again, $3,000, it doesn't yeah. take a whole lot to hit value, right? No, especially with the pace of this one, the number of possessions. And Elliot is someone who's a good defender. He's a veteran. He's been around. Yeah, that's an, that's another great uh, value shout out. Yeah, a great way to get, you know, a, a cheap option to get exposure to the highest over under on the slate. Yeah, absolutely. Give you a couple pieces in this game. Be fun to stack it a couple of different ways. Yeah. At least that's something that I'm going to be doing for sure. For Sheezy, do people still say that? I think yes. It's oh, still. It, let me check my TikTok. Is that a thing still? I'm another year older, so I don't. You know, I'm not sure what's <laughs> cooler or not. All right, let's get to West Virginia UAB. This one is UAB favored by three uh, over under 135. And one thing that stood out when I was looking at this one, Bird, West Virginia is a little slower than you'd typically think. Uh, yeah, they are. They're playing at a really slow tempo. Um, I think part of it is because Huggins doesn't trust anyone on his team outside of Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil. And yeah. and so I think they're just, he's trying to manage it with this massive rotation of wings and, and forwards. And then just hope that that Taz Sherman and, and McNeil are making threes. Cause that's, that's kind of what their game plan is right now. And, and, and Taz Sherman, like, I don't think people understand how how good of a scorer he is. I mean, that guy, it just can flat out score the basketball and, and yeah. he's been fantastic this year. And then Sean McNeil, I think, missed a few games, but he's back. He's going to play 30-plus minutes. He's a dead-eye shooter, you know, from three. And so I think those are – if you're looking to play West Virginia guys, those are the only two viable options, in my opinion. Yeah, McNeil, 5,300, and uh, UAB has given up 38% from deep. So they're giving up some good looks. Uh, and going back to Taz before we move over to the UAB side of this, uh, 39, 38, 43 DK in his last three. Bird's already given you two min price options. I, I would expect a lot of ownership in Taz Sherman in this one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you have a, a good read on on UAB. Their pricing seemed pretty favorable to where, and, and I don't think they play a super deep bench, but uh, in, any leans on the UAB side? 
Well, I got some personal leans. You know, someone like Quan Jackson for 6,600 is a guy after my own heart because he averages almost three steals a game, so he does it with defense. But if you're looking for offense, you're looking at Jordan Jordan Walker. He's got the 32% usage, the 32% shot share, and he's also top 50 in assist rate. He's 7000 bucks. Again, West Virginia is still a very good defense, so I, I always have a hard time playing these studs from lower-level programs against these you know, power six, power five, uh, defenses, but Jordan Walker at 7,000, I think is, is worth a look. And then down low, you look at Trey Jemison. He's someone who could potentially flirt with a double, double, uh, West Virginia is not the best shooting team outside of Taz and McNeil. Actually, they're quite awful outside of those two. So, uh, Jim Jemison is really their main rebounding threat down low and he does enough offensively. So at 6,300, it could be a good cash game option. I think at forward. Yeah, yeah, the the usage of Walker, you know, definitely stood out. That low 30s usage and, and some top 50 assist rates. Uh, he looked really good. Uh, you mentioned there's always a concern when a when a team has to play up to to their opponent. And, and one guy who does have some experience is KJ Buffin, a guy you remember well yeah. from Old Miss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he was he was boring then. He's still boring now. Uh, yeah. You know, and you never see someone transfer down and be exactly the same well he's managed to do it in dk price and ability <laughs> oh my gosh sorry but hey uab's favorite in this one so maybe he's a glue guy that's gonna that's been putting him over the top i'll admit i haven't seen a lot of blazers action this this year well no i mean he's averaging nine points and six and a half rebounds a game right now at 5300 yeah there's probably better spots but they had a couple blowouts recently but before that he was playing 30 minutes a game he does have sec pedigree um, and you know, he has shown Come some on. upside. He was sec before the sec got good. Well, that's probably why he left. <laughs> right. like, oh shit. These guys are too good. Yep. I'm going to go to CUSA. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go to Providence, Yukon. Ah, good oh, transition. I transition like it. Game. So what do I we like got? Yukon is an eight point favorite with an over under of 138. And this is, you know, this is big East Joe. This is right up your alley. It is. Uh, so this isn't new breaking news, but Bynum's still hurt for Providence. Um, what's what's crazy is we've been trying to force uh, Alan Breed into that point guard spot, but uh, they basically said, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, Al Durham's basically taken over that role full time. Uh, been a really good player. 7000 bucks. I consider him more of a cash game player, but I like veterans like this who are steady in big games. So uh, Al Durham with his 24% usage. He's someone I might look to in my cash lineups. I, I can't pay for Watson. Uh, I can't play, excuse me. <laughs> I can't pay for AJ Reeves. They're just, they're just, they don't do enough for me. They're very one dimensional players. And when I'm doing my DFS builds, I want people who can score points in a, in a variety of ways. And one of the friars who does that is Noah Horschler. He looks like Thor. If you watch a Providence game, he's got the long blonde hair, big, strong kid, um, always a double-double threat. He had a 50-burger early in this year, so I like uh, Horsler as a GPP option uh, at 7,200. I'm always jealous of these guys who can grow their hair out like that and have it look look good. I, I Remember when I tried to grow my hair out? Yeah, it looked great. Don't don't sell yourself short. Now, it wasn't as blonde as Horsler. This guy looks like a, a a Swedish king, uh, but uh, yeah. uh, he's a he's a fun player to watch. He 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 passes, he rebounds us like a madman, and uh, I, I really like him tomorrow just because he's a veteran player. And in these conference games where you're trying to make a good name for yourself, 
you know, Providence is 10 and one, you know, uh, they're, they're not a bad team. UConn's nine and two. Uh, this is going to be, it's, this might be my favorite game on the slate. It's a good real life game, I think for sure. And, and I think, I do think people will play Reeves when they go look at his game logs and see a 36 and 41 mm-hmm. DK of late, but UConn is top 10 in effective field goal defense. Um, so, so I, I, that scares me a little bit. I, I guess I'll ask you this, you know, Durham is 7,000. RJ Cole is 7,100. Are you ever going to play Durham over Cole? No, no, I'm not. And, and I was going to get to Cole cause I, I got just a huge crush on him and his beard. Uh, <laughs> uh, once we got to, so RJ Cole, basically, uh, you know, first let's, let's tackle the big rock item. So Sonogo is questionable. Um, they were saying he got some light practice in this week and was hoping to pick up, pick it up the practice later on this week. And then Martin, uh, is expected to play. So those are two starters, two core players for UConn that they could be getting back. Um, we've had some nice plays in their absence and RJ Cole has been awesome in their absence, basically with 37, 41, 42, 30 and 26 in his last five at 7,100 and kind of the heartbeat of that team. I would lean RJ Cole, uh, over Elijah Durham for sure. Um, but it, it, it's, uh, it, it just, that's just the way I'm leaning. Do you have any different thoughts on that bird? Nope. I think that makes sense. Uh, and do you think, you know, with Martin back, I assume that hurts Andre Jackson. You know, he's played pretty good minutes lately, yep. but I assume that that's going to drop um, as, as Martin comes back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jalen Gaffney, the only reserve who's going to stay a reserve is my boy, Tyler Polly. Yeah, um, he's four thousand bucks and he's just, you know, the instant offense microwave guy off the bench. His minutes are fine. His role is fine no matter what happens to that starting lineup. Uh, yep. Another guy that it could greatly impact is Acock Acock. So this is a guy who's 3,700, has been basically starting down low um, with obviously if Snogo returns or if he's limited. I, I still like Acock. Acock at 3,700. You know, he's played 34 and 31 minutes in his last two. He was had a really bad injury a year and a half ago. You know, now he's kind of working his way back and they're letting him go. He's had a 25, 18 and 28 DK in, in his last three. So I think he's earned additional minutes if Snogo does indeed return. And as they ease him back in, uh, I think he's probably safe minutes wise tomorrow. And at 3,700, it's someone I like. Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I, if it was a cook, a cook, it'd be better to do like a this guy's been a cooking lately. <laughs> and, and, you know, so maybe we just, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but if we, if it is, that makes for a lot of easier puns and, and bad dad jokes. That's true. That's true. But, uh, that's all I got on that one, bird. Do you have any other thoughts on Providence UConn? No, I think that, I think it was really well covered. Um, let's move on to that Houston, Oklahoma state game. We've got Houston as a nine point favorite, a low 133 over under. And that's what happens when you play against Houston. They've got, you know, the number five adjusted efficiency defensively in the nation. Um, they do get paced up in this game. Uh, obviously we need to keep an eye on Marcus Sasser and his status. Um, but he is, I think he's expected to play, right? Uh, Sasser. Yeah. He's got a turf toe, which I don't know how you get turf toe on hardwood, but mm. he's got turf toe, but he's expected to play. What a, what a bad scratch he was last week. I was, I had him in my lineup last Saturday. I was ready to lean on him to have another big one, but we'll, we'll see how he is today. If he doesn't go, it's, it's, an, it's another Jabal shed, shed day, right? Yeah, it would be. He's been fantastic. And and really, um, the other injury news here is Traymon, Traymon Mark. And, and if he's out, I, I think that helps Sheet as well, or Shed, however you, know, how you pronounce it. But I think he'd be a solid option. And then Taze Moore, uh, another guy who's, who can play really well on the on the perimeter. 
for for Houston. So they have some nice options here. Um, Josh Carlton, you know, we just talked about UConn, but there's another yeah. guy uh, kind of starting to find his groove with Samson. He He's got 30 DK in three of his last four games at 5,300. I think you could look at him in GPPs, especially Musa Cisse is going to be out for Oklahoma State. And, and so he could take advantage down low. We know the Boons like to foul. And, you know, if he continues to see minutes, I think he's a guy you could look at. And and then also Fabian White, right? Like, he's he's definitely a GPP play. God, he... Yeah, a little more up and down. A little more up and down, but he can score the basketball as a, as a big. He's I really enjoy watching him play and kind of float around that free throw line. And, and you know, he just causes a lot of havoc between White and, and, and Carlton. I think this is a team, you know, Houston had, had, a, had a tough loss over the weekend, kind of controversial loss. Um, but... I think they're going to be another one of those teams that when the when March comes, you're not going to want to see them anywhere near your bracket. No, I, I agree with you there. And, and I'll tell you one note on on Carlton. When he was back at UConn, when he got consistent minutes and regular minutes, he consistently produced. It's just I don't know what he does to to either get in doghouses or out of doghouses or get in the lineup or not, or if he's just someone who tends to get paced out of games. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just someone, if he's getting the minutes he's going to put up, it's just, he's his whole career. He's never, never consistently got that time, but he's the talent's always been there. Yep. Yep. And, and this is a slight pace up game, right? Oklahoma state's 87th in tempo. Um, I, I've got a few thoughts on Oklahoma state, but, but anything that stood out to you? No, I actually wrote in my notes. I have no read on this team at all. I saw that they're 19th in bench minutes, so I assume Boynton is still messing around with rotations. I know they've had some injuries, but uh, if you look at their last four games, overtime win against Oral Roberts, loss, loss, overtime win against Cleveland State. That doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me or Oklahoma State guys by extension. Yeah, well, I mean, it sucks when you – get told you can't play in the postseason because of something that happened however long ago, six, seven years ago right. before the season even starts. Right. So that, you're off to a bad start already. And, and then you're right. He's got some new faces um, that he's trying to find a fit for. And, and, and so one of those faces won't be there. Musa Cisse is out. I think he's going to be attending a, a funeral. So, you know, best wishes to his family. Um, but Caleb Boone at 5,800, I think is going to be a really solid option. We saw Boone last year just dominate some slates. You know, a guy who can double-double with block upside. Um, and he's not going to be splitting time with Cissé because he's not going to be there. And, yeah. and so Boone got 26 minutes last game, hit 30 DK. He's a guy who has shown ceiling in the past. Now Houston's awesome defensively, and so that sucks. But uh, but Caleb Boone at 5,800 I think is a guy who you could look at. And then if if Bryce Thompson is out, and I think they said if the game would have to on Friday, he wouldn't have played. So – He's probably, you know, questionable at best. But if he's out, Bryce Williams at 4,800 is a guy you go look at his game log, and he is somebody who can really fill up, you know, he can score the basketball in a hurry. And he just really needs the minutes to do that. Now he's fully a GPP option, again, against an elite, elite uh, Houston defense. But at 4,800, you don't need a whole lot of baskets to go in to hit value. No, 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 you don't, especially if the opportunity is there. Yeah. One more thing on Caleb Boone. He does tend to do the other things where when you are playing a, a yeah. tough defensive minded team, he does do the little things that kind of keep his floor a little bit safer. So I, I do like that call out a lot. Yeah. Over under of 133 on this one. So let's, you know, this would have been in our old school, you know, not go overboard section of, of the content. So keep that in mind as well. Now in the tread water section would have been this last game and that's Louisiana Tech and LSU. Uh, over under here is 144. LSU is a 10 point favorite. Bird, what are your initial thoughts here? Well, I am going to 
answer your question with a question. So you asked me about USC earlier, and are they for real? Uh, LSU, off to a very nice start. Haven't really played anybody this year. Are, is LSU going to be there at the end of the year? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Um, we'll see. They, they've played a very soft schedule. They really have. If, if you look at uh, the history, it, it, it's – a soft tenant tenant or excuse me, yeah a soft ten and oh when your best win by ken palm is belmont and your second best is wake forest you know and then you have an ot win against penn state you're you're not you know wowing people and it's going to stay that way really until the new year until sec starts you know uh you know that's just that's just my take on it i, I there's some things because we haven't had LSU on a lot of slates. Um, we love Darius Days, a uh, super athletic player. Uh, he's he's an elite rebounder. He's got a 28% shot share now that Watford and Smart and all those guys are gone from last year. So Days at 7,300 is someone that we like. Um, really fun to watch play the game of basketball. But I'm also excited to see this uh, Terry Eason. Uh, Terry Eason right now is currently Ken Palm's number six player. He's not really a minutes monster, but he always has the the usage. He's 29% usage, which is a little rare out of a big, um, and he's got a good shot rate at 29% as well. Um, those are the three. Those are the two guys I like on the LSU side. Um, obviously, at, from a GPP perspective, you could always throw in Xavier Pinson. He's down there at 5,600. Pinson, you, you know, playing for Will Wade, there's no bad shots, right? Um, that's why Ace Wolf Miller wanted to go there so bad. And with him getting hurt, it's the Xavier Pinson show as far as taking bad shots. So um, he's someone who's going to get him up. He's 5,600, and I think he's coming off a big one if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but ultimately, LSU should smash this team inside. Um, they're playing uh, at a really nice tempo, and they are playing very, very good defense right now. Ken Palm has them number two in defensive efficiency. So to that's a long-winded game breakdown answer of your question. I doubt they'll be there once they get into some uh, more consistent and legitimate competition. But right now, uh, the defense is something that you want to have in good shape as you enter conference play, and right now it's playing well. So I'll give them benefit of the doubt, but I think ultimately they'll be middle of the pack in the SEC. Yeah, no, that makes sense. The only other guy I maybe would mention is Eric Gaines, uh, who's like a little bit of a po- – he's a little pogo stick out there, kind of real skinny – just jump out of the gym. Uh, he's playing, you know, 25 plus minutes a game, um, averaging over 20 DK, basically scores 20 DK or more every single game, um, which is 6X at, at 3,600. So there's another, you know, kind of cheap way to get exposure uh, to this game. Yes. Um, on the, and then on the Louisiana Tech side. Well, real uh, quick on gains, real quick on yes. gains. He's going to take th- three three-point attempts and he's going to miss all three. <laughs> um, he's, he's, uh, 13% from the year, but it, he hasn't stopped shooting them. So if he does get a couple of those to go down, you know, you could be looking at some more GPP upside. Yeah. Well, he's better than Wilkinson who just sits in the corner and, and just literally just stands in a one foot, one foot circle on the baseline corner and, and just stands there in the coffin corner and just hangs out on offense that, and then goes, that's, that's what, that's what you did. Well, yeah, but I could shoot. <laughs> These guys can't. Well, Gaines, I mean, hopefully Gaines can, but Gaines is Gaines is fun to watch. I mean, he is. He is. He is. He, he's a little pogo stick out there. Um, Louisiana Tech's got you know injury issues, right? So so Kenneth Lofton was out last game. We're hoping he's back this game um, because he has legitimate like 50 DK upside. I think we played yeah. him in Prize Picks earlier this year, and he scored like 70 points for for Prize Picks. I think he had 36 points and 
18 rebounds or something like that. Just, I mean, he's just crazy. So he's a guy in my mind, if he does play, yes, LSU is long uh, defensively. Yes. LSU has some bigs that, that can disrupt him down low, but he's got, you know, kind of that Charles Barkley type of type of body down low. And at 7,500, there's just not a lot of guys who have the upside that he can bring to a game. Now he could have a total turd as well, you know, trying to go up against that length, but he has got legitimate, you know, 40, 50 DK upside if they get going. And, you know, they're, they're missing, you know, Isaiah Crawford is out. He had 28% usage before he got injured. So there's a lot of usage to go around here for Louisiana Tech. Yep, there, there sure is. And I hope Kenneth Lofton plays because I want to see him go uh, against high-level competition. This is a guy who draws seven fouls a game, basically, or seven fouls per 40 minutes. He lives at the free throw line. He's just a – it's a cliche term, but you know the term gym rat. But put that into a big – oversized center's body you know what i mean he's crafty down low and you know he's number two in the nation in an offensive rebounded percentage he's an effort guy and he gets the free throw line real real kind of uh a a treat to watch for some of the throwback uh throwback fans uh one of the guys who i think is gonna is been really picking up things of late is kobe williams he's the he's running the point for them right now he's 4100 tomorrow he said 23 and 38 dk in his last two um, he's really kind of stepping it up with Crawford out of the mix. If Lofton does miss, I do have another name here, uh, David Green. He's a freshman at 3,400. He's been playing a little bit more, especially uh, with Lofton out. He's had two nice games. He's not afraid to shoot. 25% shot share went on the fuller. I, 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 I don't know enough or I don't love enough. Nothing really jumped out too much from this Louisiana tech team to make me bang the drum for anybody. But those are two cheaper options that I saw that could be interesting. What about you, bird? Do you see anything on, on La tech? Well, I, I think they're going to really have to lean on, on three guys heavily Lofton, obviously if he plays Kobe Williams, who you mentioned at, at point guard, who's really going to run the show. And then at shooting guard, Amari uh, Archibald, he's got 30 DK in back-to-back games. He's going to play over 30 minutes. This is a pace up game. And again, that that 28% usage that is gone now from Crawford has got to go somewhere, right? right? And so I think Amari Archibald is a great option for for some of that usage. Uh, like you said, Kobe Williams is another piece. But I do like the fact that they're going to be on the floor all game long at 4,100 and at 5,300 uh, in a in a high scoring, I think second highest over under on the slate. Yeah. And, and so I think those are those are some really good options. I I, I do like. Some of these Louisiana Louisiana Tech options, it is risky, um, but I'm just going to assume that a lot of the, the statistical dominance that that LSU has shown this year is based on the the, the quality of their opponents to date, which has been soft to to say the least. Yeah. And no, that is that is absolutely correct. All right, Bird, that's all the games. Here's the point where I ask you a question you're not ready for. You ready? Oh shit, no. <laughs> I don't Who's, know who my who? favorite play is, Joe. No, it's not your favorite play. Okay. It can it can be a play you just hate, but tell me who's one guy who will be in your lineup tomorrow, in your main lineup tomorrow. I guess oh. technically that would be your favorite play, <laughs> but I phrased yeah. it in a way that it could be someone that you begrudgingly feel you have to play. It'd be like playing Bancaro. You don't want to do it, but you have to. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to play him. Um, he's 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 super good. Um, I, to be honest with you, it's going to be one of these Louisiana Tech guys, and it's it. Gosh, I, I think for cash games, it's really hard not to play Kobe Williams, in my opinion, at 4,100. I just don't see a scenario where he doesn't get 5X. Yeah. 
So, I so think I, I think I would right. lean him um, or, or Archibald. And, I, and I'm really going to look hard at Lofton, too. I just think uh, maybe I'm just being stupid. Maybe I'm just being naive. But I, I think Louisiana Tech is going to is going to play hard. LSU, we know, is not the most disciplined team ever. And, nope. and so I do think one of these Louisiana Tech guys is going to be a really nice option in a high scoring game. I like it. Who do you, who do you got? Uh automatically in my lineup uh, will be Zach Fremantle. I think he gets over 30 minutes tomorrow. I think uh, Marquette will gift him with a couple blocks and steals because that's they can get a little sloppy. Uh, I, they're a horrible rebounding team. I think he flirts with the double-double, and uh, he, he smashes value. So Zach Fremantle from Xavier is going to be my kind of go-to. Yeah, That's the first name I'll put into my lineup, and then I'll start building from there. I love it. Well, I hope we've become your kind of go-to resource bucketheads for for CBB DFS information. Uh, we do this all for free. We do have a um, a donate tab out on the site if you feel so inclined to give us a, a few bucks, keep this bad boy free uh, for Prize Picks. Uh, promo code CBB DFS gets you a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars, I believe. And and so plug that in. Uh, Prize Picks is a lot of fun and uh, give us a rating, uh, leave us a review. Yeah. I don't think we've had a review in forever. I haven't checked, so I'll, I'll, I'll admit, if we have had a review, I, I haven't checked. Yeah, I, I mean, I never, I've never given anybody a review, but if you guys <laughs> like us, give us a review. That'd be pretty cool. We'll read don't it on it. you like us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's probably it's possible. But hey, we just uh, really appreciate it, Bucketheads. We, we love being part of the community, and we really want to see you guys win just a, a boatload of money. Yeah, and hey, we got the holidays coming up. We're definitely no pod next week. We don't plan on recording Christmas. Uh, that'll lead into more bowl season and then New Year's. Uh, they fall on weekends this year, so not sure what the when the next pod will be. Probably once conference play begins in January. We'll keep you posted. We'll keep Twitter updated with our status uh, as far as write-ups and how that's going to go throughout the holiday season. Uh, we'll probably keep prize picks going because that's a lot of fun, and I know we got a lot of followers who who are in it for that. And then also on a prize pick note, I will I will get my stuff together because Bird is just slaughtering me uh, in in a head to head matchup. But uh, I'm glad that our bonus picks are doing well. Yeah, they are. They are. And like we always said, you know, we'll give you some options to to think about. You know, maybe play one of ours, play one with your you know one that you're leaning with, and you know, hopefully, if you're picking and choosing at the right time, you've you've still been successful. For sure. All right, Birdie, I think that's it. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's get a beer. Uh, yeah, let's get a let's get a lot of beers. Uh, happy holidays, bucketheads. Uh, we love you guys. Go, go go win a bunch of money. Win all the money. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>